Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another fantastic episode of NRK Monk Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, uh, which allows for the use and the reuse of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That's B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also covered by Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969 which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, everything said here on Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion is entirely hypothetical. This is episode 198, and uh, we're waiting for the rest of the guys because they're always late. So. Mm-hmm. As usual. I mean, I haven't showed up in two weeks, but, you know. Well, but At you're least here. I'm on time. You were you were in the studio technically before I was. I dropped the link, and then you were in before I joined the studio. Yep. So that's why all the rum that is, is gone. dedication. That's why all the rum is gone. It's because you were here first. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> so Andrew's on his way. Chris yep. is still Chris is still dealing with the uh, concussions, baby. concussion symptoms, and anarcho babies. Bo, uh, oh, what's up, man? What's up, Dave? We are uh, we are getting we are starting slow, starting slow. There she is. Hello, there's the birthday girl. Hey, you know. I'm here. It's it's only it's only three minutes. Right. Yeah, but Happy we've birthday, been live, but, but we've been on for two already. See, so I'm only two minutes late. <laughs> he he does get a pass because it was his birthday. Yes. Yeah. See, you see. No, we can't. We can't see it. Yeah, you can. So fuck you. It's my birthday. Fuck you. It's not your birthday anymore. It was my birthday yesterday, but I'm wearing the, the patch anyway because then you're that 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 just that's just cringe your liar. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> How old did you turn? 71, 72, something like that? 25 still. Yet again. It's eleven years in a <laughs> row. It's crazy how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dave. Send the Applebee's waitress by his by his table. Applebee's. Are you kidding me? No, like it was the, yeah, it was the cruising chubby's fucking uh headliner that had to come by my table. Yep. Get, the, get, get, the girls Hooters, get the girls at Hooters to come by singing happy birthday. Uh, yeah, Hooters chicks are weird, man. Like, dude. The the Hooters outfits. What's the what's the one in Colorado? Uh, Lumberjacks or whatever it is. There's Twin also Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. That's there's, the one where they there's the, the, uh, the tilted kilt in Minnesota, tilted which is kilt. quite nice. Mm-hmm. Big fan of tilted kilt. But those are just restaurants. Why would I go to a restaurant for my birthday? I'm gonna go to a fucking strip club. Like, because you're old obviously. enough now to get the senior discount. <laughs> I'm going Dude, to a fucking strip food club on your birthday, man. Yeah. I will stop going to strip clubs for my birthday when my daughter is 18 because at that point I don't need to run into that. That that's where that ends. Right there. Like, nope. Done. 
that would be a really awkward champagne conversation. <laughs> champagne room conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing myself in the river at that point. Like Mississippi, here it comes. <laughs> like Tennessee did the goalpost when they beat Alabama. I don't know. Maybe I. I don't watch college football. Oh, fucking lame. I have standards. I don't watch college football. You're a <laughs> Packers fan, bro. You know what? Today, I stopped watching the game <laughs> at the second blocked field goal. I was like, I don't need to be this mad. And I just went to watching YouTube videos. I'm like, I, screw this. I'm done. I turned off the Niners game in the middle of the third. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was like, no, nope, yeah, I'm going. To my, yeah, nope, my updates. I'm, 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 I'm going to lunch with my dad. No, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't need to be this pissed mm -hmm. off the entire day. Um, but you know, I started my day so like I woke up about eleven this morning and uh, hungover. The game, huh? Hungover? No, no, not hungover. Um, I woke up about about eleven this morning and the game was going to be on at noon. So what did I do? I made myself a bloody mary because of. That's the, what you do in Wisconsin when there's Packer game on. So made myself a Bloody Mary. Halftime, went and got beer in the rain, wearing a Packers hat, a Packers jersey, a flannel shirt jack. Went, got beer, came home, turned the game back on, watched like five plays and went, nope, and <laughs> off to fucking YouTube because I don't want to be that mad. No, it was it was not nice. It wasn't on local here, but I, I did see a few plays on Red Zone, and that was just I, I understand it. I understand. Yep. It. That was what the Jets, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, lost to the Jets and the Giants. We lost. We lost to the fucking Falcons, bro. Uh, to Mario Mariota. Anything that involves Atlanta losing, I'm happy about because I hate Atlanta that much. Like, Bro, you know, <laughs> to my soul, the the Cowboys and the Eagles are playing right now. And there's only two times I'll root for the Cowboys when they're playing Tom Brady and when they're playing Philadelphia. <laughs> I hate, you know, I still hate the Cowboys. Oh, I don't the like the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys I at still all. Hate them. Like as a I, result I, of the '90s, I still mm -hmm. hate the Cowboys. Yep. And will continue to do so. Yep. But like, I have seen, I have seen Cowboys fans get told like, "Oh, so you're a fan of the Eagles, right?" And watch their reaction, and that makes me so happy. I like mean, watching Philly, Philly fans. They 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 booed and threw snowballs at Santa. They threw batteries. Like there, there's video of, of one Philly fan intentionally throwing up on an 11 year old girl. Right. It's just, it's like Philly fans deserve to lose at this point. Don't forget. Like, they need, they Don't need to forget. go. They need to go like 50 years without any major championship in order to atone for their actions of the last couple decades. Don't forget that it is Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Yeah, where that hitchhiking robot got beaten into pieces after having traveled several thousand miles on the good of strangers, and then when it's in Philadelphia, it gets torn apart. Like, don't forget just how horrible Philadelphia I, I actually mean, is. I, I I understand 
and and I I appreciate them doing that. But we're talking about the sports fans. (laughs) (laughs) It's this innocent little robot that's just depending on the love and kindness of strangers. And they beat it to death. Yeah, I mean, it's that's fine. It's threatening no one. It's threatening no one that you know of. It's just like, smiley day to you. And it's just like, would you take me on a ride? And they're like, murder it and destroy (laughs) this thing. Did you ever see that Simpsons episode where, like, all the animatronics go fucking crazy? I mean, come on, man. Like... You're my best like friend. Seen, I'm gonna kill you, you. You've seen you've seen Terminator, you've seen Matrix, you've seen AI. You know what happens. You know what happens when you know what happens when when we rely on robots. Oh, this you robot was set to evil. Oops. But the, like, the robot you. wasn't no, we weren't relying on the robot though. The robot was relying on us. Bro, the the, the inter the internet turned the Google AI racist. In like 24 hours. Well, that's because it was relying on the internet. And mm-hmm. on the internet, most people are racist. Yeah. Can't argue it's against that. Like, even if they're they're otherwise not racist in like real life, personally, the moment they're on the internet, they are the most racist, horrible people yeah. you can imagine. And and technically technically it was it was on Twitter. Not just the internet, so it was on Twitter, which is the cesspool. Dude, I don't even have words for how horrible Twitter can be. Like, it boggles my mind. Like, I have seen some pretty racist neo-Nazi shit in my life, but, mm-hmm. like, until you get on, on Twitter and 4chan, you have not truly seen the depths <laughs> of evil the human soul is capable 4chan of is the Reddit. cesspool. Reddit, Reddit's really Reddit's bad, too. bad too. Yeah. Reddit's bad, but Reddit's at least moderate. Like 4chan, like if you want to know just how evil human beings can be, you read threads in 4chan. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the humanity deserves to go extinct. That's uh yeah, that's the thing. It's yeah, I mean it's bad. <laughs> this I mean it's I've seen worse, like you know, I grew up on rotten.com. Oh, I mean it's not that. It's, it's I'm not so I mean, I've seen some horrible things. Dude, I was a combat vet. Like, I've seen some horrible things, right? But, like, 4chan, I, even, like, my guys were, like, even when 4chan was going, they were like, ah, yeah. that's, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. That's yeah. pretty bad. Like, we laughed about Gitmo being a theme park, okay? And we looked at 4chan <laughs> and went, I, I don't know if I go that far. Like, wow, that's pretty bad. A half yeah. blown apart Iraqi sitting there holding his legs. Like, that, that's pretty bad. You guys are all sandals right. That's bad. Sandals half off. Right? I always pay half price for sandals now. Like, we'll kill people, but, uh, you know, at least they're just dead all at once. What you guys are doing, that that's crossing the line. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of racist, we have to bring up something real quick. Um, today is the anniversary of John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. The beginning, yes, of John Brown. And uh, to make it not quick, let's let's have time for history, right? 
let's talk history. I love I love John Brown. I, I love this story. So John Brown. I have, I have a book right here. I have a book right here with John Brown. Oh, yeah. Yep. You got a book? I know shit off the top of my head. See? This is why I win. Right. <laughs> so John Brown, um, John Brown uh is in New York, right? Uh leading up to bleeding Kansas. Um and his sons, a couple of his sons, he has he ultimately has like twenty something, I think, kids. Like with uh I think something like that, but like like five of them fought with him at different points. So yeah, so a couple of his sons, uh, they move down to Kansas and they get to Kansas and they go, Hey, uh, dad, so we're a territory, and mm-hmm. under um the compromise, we are uh we get to decide whether or not we're going to be a slave or a free state. He, he was vehemently, vehemently, vehemently abolitionist and had raised his kids. Right. Right. Yeah. He was a, a Calvinist and raised in an anti-slavery family. Yes. And so his kids go down there and they go, dad, what do we do? They're, they're trucking in. Um, not literally because trucks don't exist yet, but they're, they're hauling in all of these, uh, pro-slavery people mm-hmm. and they're gonna vote pro-slave and they're bringing all these slaves in here what do we do i don't know what to do at this point so john brown packs up and he moves his whole family down to kansas uh one thing leads to another and then there's a raid right there's the potawatomi massacre so on potawatomi creek which is a creek which is known to have a whole bunch of slave owners right along it they show up and they basically show up with swords like actual heat treated properly sharpened real deal swords and go give me your slaves let them be free or we're going to kill you uh the slave owners begin to attack john brown's men john brown's men proceed to hack them to death with swords and then dump the bodies on the uh stairs of their families Mm -hmm. um literally triggered an entire summer of guerrilla warfare on the on the on the 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 kansas line and so that happens john brown hides out for a while after a little bit he goes to like missouri and he hauls like 11 more slaves back he runs them up to canada he spends some time in frederick douglas's attic yes uh for a little bit yes um And, and he knew uh um what's her face um how come I can't remember her name? Harriet Tubman. Yes, he did. Uh, he actually, when he went to go to Harper's Ferry, right? He invited, he asked he asked Douglas and, um, and Harriet Tubman to come along. Yes, uh, Harriet Tubman was like, "Oh, fucking nope." That's a yeah. She she mission. was sick. She she was sick, so um, she didn't go. And Frederick Douglass said it was suicidal. Yeah, um, du- yeah. Douglas was like, "I'm I'm not doing that." Uh, but he does get a number of free black men to come with him, including. A number of escaped slaves, at least three of whom are escaped slaves from Virginia itself. Yeah, this one says, of whom, uh, one of whom actually his wife is still a slave in Virginia at the time. Yeah, 20, 22 um, men, including five black men and three of Brown's sons. So two of whom would die or be executed, one of whom would escape. Um but he gets a bunch of men to come with him. Most of them are white. They go. The plan. Yeah, most. Is, that's the thing. Most of them were white. They were. They're abolitionists. 
Yes, uh, consistently throughout John mm-hmm. Brown, Little Summer White. Um, they show up. The plan is we're going to raid Harper's Ferry. We're going to get all these weapons. We're going to start uh, to recruit uh, a bunch of blacks to our cause. We're going to set up along the Blue Ridge Mountains, mm-hmm. uh, a place that I've lived, fun fact. Uh, we're going to set up the in these mountains, and we're going to start a free state uh independent like nation like that mm-hmm. this is the idea and this is what he does and so he raids harper's ferry everything goes pretty well because no one's it's 1859 right it's october mm-hmm. 16th 1859 he shows up no one's really expecting them uh they show up they take control of the uh arsenal they get all these weapons but the problem isn't so much getting the arsenal is getting all of the guns back out again yeah because once people start finding out what's going on there are a ton of militias showing up there are people being trucked in on trains there is a lot of things going on um at the end uh during the final battle uh a officer from the american military actually attempts to stab brown multiple times with his sword unlike at potomano Potawatomi Creek, this sword is not a heat-treated sword. This mm-hmm. is a dress parade sword. Yep. And so when he goes to stab him, he hits his uh thick brass belt buckle and it bends. So he hits him over the head and it bends again. And he tries to stab him and it bends again. Brown survives um to the end. He is imprisoned, he's sentenced to be executed. Um, he plays his own lawyer through the whole thing, which is yep. awful interesting. Gives him an opportunity to make some incredible speeches. If you've never read them, go yes. back and read them. Um, especially um, his a, final speech. Yeah, uh, he hands a guard a slip of paper that says, I, John Brown, am now am now quite certain that the crimes of this guilty land will never be purged away with blood. Or purged away but with blood. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He actually, there's a fabulous speech that he makes so uh who led who led the marines that encircled harbors ferry or the army oh, fun fact robert e fucking lee is the one who shows up robert e lee uh, yeah um, colonel robert e lee and lieutenant j.e.b stewart yes jeb stewart you may yeah. recognize these names robert e lee yes. and jeb stewart um just like I love to bring up with the Battle of Bad Axe here in Wisconsin, guess who led the yep. gunboats that slaughtered the men, women, and children who uh, of the Fox Nation who attempted to escape into the river? You want to know what the, his name was? Yes. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Fun fact. Good people. Um. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do, like, I keep threatening to do a bunch of TikToks yeah. that are just like yeah. everybody that you like in history is fucking evil. Yeah. Um, Jack, what's up, homie? Jack's down there in uh, in Florida, South Florida, cleaning up uh, after Hurricane Ian uh, at the in-laws place. Uh, yeah, he keeps checking in and letting us know what's going on, but stay safe, brother. Yeah, so, hang on, let me, I think I have his final speech. It's only a couple of minutes long. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, he gets uh, he gets arrested. He, he tries to escape, gets arrested, um, gets found guilty November second, and then December second, eighteen fifty nine, he gets hung. Uh, and this is eighteen fifty nine, so this is before the Civil War started. So, take that for what you will. 
immediately before the civil war starts um yeah it's it is right before um he i was trying to find it because the speech is so good um we are totally prepared you guys yeah absolutely prepared most professional uh, totally prepared i can't get my thing to stop hang on give me a second i, I would whistle idea. the uh, jeopardy theme but then it would uh youtube would take it down <laughs> yes yeah no 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 it's uh hang on but what why why are you still the problem is that i had connected i bet that dude. speech is in jason's book <laughs> it's it's absolutely in my book and i already found it on the webs and i'm sending the text to the uh the group chat so Andrew can read it. it is it is quite amazing there we go um okay so john brown's final speech uh before his execution well his sentenced for execution um okay full text of speech there we go no go away pop up um, <laughs> he said, I have, may please the court a few words to say. In the first place, I deny everything but what I have all along admitted, the design on my part to free slaves. I intended certainly to have made a clean thing of that matter, as I did last winter when I went into Missouri and took slaves without the snapping of a gun on either side moved them through the country, and finally left them in Canada. I designed to do the same thing again on a larger scale. That was all I intended. I never did intend murder or treason or the destruction of property or to excite or incite slaves to rebellion or to make insurrection. Yeah, the, having... um, uh, his, his hanging, his hanging was one of the, the triggers that really, really, really caused a lot of tension between the North and the South. Yes, like that and, was it was um, it was a huge issue between. He was North actually convicted on three counts, and all three counts resulted in hanging. I mean, they, yeah. that that was sense for all three. Um, said I have another objection, and that is, it is unjust that I should suffer such a penalty. Had I interfered in the manner which I admit, and which I admit has been fairly proved, for admire I admire the truthfulness and candor of the greater portion of the witnesses who have testified in this case. Had I so interfered in behalf of the rich, the powerful, the intelligent, the so-called great, or in behalf of any of their friends, either father, mother, sister, wife, or children, or any of that class, and suffered and sacrificed what I have in this interference, it would have been all right, and every man in this court would have been deemed it an act worthy of reward rather than punishment. The court acknowledges, as I suppose, the validity of the law of God, I see a book kissed here, which I suppose to be the Bible, or at least the New Testament. That teaches me that all things whatsoever I would have that men should do to me, I should do even to them. It teaches me further to remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. That's a reference to Hebrews 13.3. Just fun fact. Mm -hmm. uh, I endeavored to act up, up to that instruction. I say 
I am too young to understand that God is any respect of persons. I believe that to have interfered as I have done, as I have always freely admitted I have done, in behalf of his despised poor was not wrong but right. Now, if it is deemed necessary that I should forfeit my life for the furtherance of the ends of justice and mingle my blood further with the blood of my children and with blood of millions in this slave country whose rights are disregarded by wicked, cruel, and unjust enactments, I submit, so let it be done. Let me say one word further. I, free, I feel enti entirely satisfied with the treatment I have received on my trial. Considering all the circumstances, it has been more generous than I expected. I feel no consciousness of my guilt. I have stated from the first that what was my intention and what was not. I never had any design against the life of any person, nor any disposition to commit treason or excite slaves to rebel or make any general insurrection. I never encouraged any man to do so, but always discouraged any idea of any kind. Let me say also a word in regard to the statements made by some of, of those connected with me. I hear it has been said by some of them that I have induced them to join me, but the contrary is true. I do not say this to injure them, but as regretting their weakness. There is not one of them but joined of his own accord and the greater part of them at their own expense. A number of them I never saw and never had a word of conversation with till the day they came to me, and that was for the purpose I have stated. Now I have done. Yeah, I mean, he had he had balls to the end. Very principled. He's a good dude. Yeah, John Brown. I mean, John Brown did a lot of things that are possibly morally questionable. But with John Brown, a lot of you'll hear a lot of people say John Brown believed that the ends justify the means. But I don't think that that's true. I think what John Brown believed was that there comes a point where you have tried over and over and over again to utilize the existing political process. You've tried over and over and over again to get things to just work in your favor. And you've realized that everybody keeps rigging the game. There is no way to win. And he said, well, if everybody's going to keep rigging the game and threaten me with violence, if I continue, then I guess if violence is what they want, Violence is what they get. And that's what he did. St. Brown was prior to St. Hemeyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same thing. I, mean, I, can't, I can't argue he, against he, that. He, he tried every legal means he could, and then he got to a certain point and said, well, I can't do any more legal means. Here we go. Well, I don't know that he personally tried. But... Did you just argue John Brown for being the first Boogalooist? Yes. Oh, he absolutely was. He absolutely was. Um, John Brown was not a... I'm not going to say he was a good man, because he wasn't. There are a lot of reasons why John Brown wasn't a good man. He, what John Brown was... Late, later in life, I will say that he was. He found a cause that he was willing to lay his life on the line for, and that cause was freedom. Yeah, it, what John Brown was, was he was a man who said, if not me, but who? Yes. Right? He he was a man that looked at it and went, okay, 
clearly the system is not going to give us the benefit, right? He's It's not going to hand us these victories. And if we can't work in the system, what do we have left? Yep. Well, if you try to work outside of the system, they threaten you with violence. So he went, well, clearly all we have left is violence and fatal violence. And he understood a very important principle, which is that if you are going to engage in violence against the state, there is no level of violence that you can engage with against the state, but fatal. Because any less and the state will win. Something the Libertarian Party has failed to realize after 50 years. Yeah, yeah. they still don't get it. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, like, you need to understand, if, you're, if your opponent is willing to engage in violence, they're willing to, and they demonstrate... Not only willing, not only willing to engage in, in violence, violence, but they're not willing to play by their own rules. But they, they will hold you to their rules, but they, the state, will not play by their own rules. Right. If they're willing to engage in violence in any violence to any level that they deem necessary, then there is no reason to engage with them with anything less than the principle of fatal no. violence. That is simply like mortal combat is the only uh, arena at yes. that point because they've dictated that that must no. be the only arena for resolution. I, ha I had hopes when, when the Mises caucus took over but i'm getting uh getting very unsatisfied with them they're still yeah. libertarians yeah that's the thing is you got to remember right like that's that's the difference between anarchists and libertarians is we anarchists we understand what's actually necessary we are under no illusions we are we are principled and we are going to stick to our guns literally yeah. In the case, <laughs> stick, of, to our, stick to our Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969. Yeah. In the case of libertarians, they still cling to this idea that things can be changed from the inside, and it, that actually, since we're talking about John Brown, like that's the difference between John Brown and your average Republican at the time. Your average Republican still believed that within government, you could simply slowly change things to free the slaves. John Brown said, that's not going to happen. They'll never let it go through peaceful means. You have to be violent. And then and then the, the, the government proved him right in 1961. Yep. Yeah, not only did not only did the government prove him right, but, you know, like a lot of people misunderstand the cause, the original like the final kickoff of the American Civil War and the final real kickoff to the American Civil War was Northern refusal to comply with the Fugitive Slave Act. Yep. When the yep. Fugitive Slave Act said you have to comply with this and Northerners pointed loaded guns at fugitive slave hunters and went fucking make me. Yep. That was the birth of the Civil War. It was then and that started in 1858. 1857 like that's when that starts so the fact that the american civil war doesn't start until 1860 is only because it takes that long for government the higher ups in government to catch up to what's already happening so all right i got a, I got i got two columns three rows so pick one where are we going where are we going josh Dude, I got D20. Um, 
<laughs> Column two, row two. Oh, oh, good pick. Very good. We'll go with yours. If Andrew had picked it, I'd have gone somewhere else. But um, <laughs> <laughs> after Marine veteran makes rescue, Baltimore police file gun charges against him. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm not. Hold on. July 4th in Baltimore when Marine veteran Lloyd Muldrow, M-U-L-D-R-O-W, Muldrow, uh, remembered his training, leaping into action to rescue a friend and disarm an attacker. Mudrow now faces possible jail time for possession of a gun for which he had a concealed carry permit to carry in Virginia. He could also lose his clearance to maintain a job providing security for federal facilities. After an Independence Day arrest, Mudrow is scheduled to have a jury trial in Baltimore Circuit Court on October 31st. Muldrow, 57, a resident of Virginia Beach, didn't use his sidearm in the rescue. But when Baltimore police arrived to arrest the attacker, they also arrested Muldrow for uh, charges of possession of a gun within 100 feet of a public building and carrying a concealed weapon. Bruin is not being used fast enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, technically, is, technically his arrest, good. technically his arrest was before Bruin went into effect. So uh, you, you can argue. Can be applied. You can, yeah, you can argue with yeah. Um, quote, with the amount of gang violence or with the amount of violence going on in Baltimore, Maryland, I've heard mayoral comments that, quote, we are getting the guns off the street. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. However, the mitigating circumstances here are you are taking the wrong guns off the street. That's a quote from Mudrow on, on Fox News. Uh, let's see. Where did I go? Where did I go? Where did I go? Um, if convicted, Mudrow could face a maximum of one year in prison and a thousand dollar fine. Uh, he has a he has a go he has a Gibson go blah blah blah. Um, Mudra has been a, a member of the Marine Corps Security Force Regiment, a security and anti-terrorism unit. He said he has trained other Marines in hand-to-hand -hand combat and disarmed several enemies. He also has experience digging up improvised explosive devices. Ah, uh, the IED. Yeah. Uh, when he's like popcorn, his... except he kills you. Yeah, when he saw his friend in danger, he said, quote, my natural reaction was to do as I was trying to do for my country. The Baltimore Police Department did not comment on the case, but referred to the police reports of the police report on the matter. Mojo was in Baltimore on the holiday to visit his friend, Marshall Collins, at, at the Tequila Sunset Bar. When he got there, he saw Collins and struggled with a man later identified as Wesley Henderson, who was allegedly holding a gun. Since Collins was bleeding from his forehead, Muldrow feared he had been shot. It turned out the attacker pistol whipped him. The report also says that police were unable to find the gun that the witnesses said Henderson carried. After the struggle of missile, Muldrow disarmed Henderson. Muldrow and Collins held Henderson to the ground until police arrived. So, uh, However, let's see. Uh, uh, Muldrow volunteered the information to police at the scene that he had a sidearm of which police took possession. Other officers arrived and arrested Henderson. However, that changed when the supervisor arrived on the scene and ordered the subnet sub, sub, subordinates to investigate if Mojo's siren was legally allowed in Maryland. After determining that he wasn't allowed to have a concealed carry firearm in state, police arrested him. 
The report you know, also he, says that the Baltimore officers contacted the Maryland State Police who advised that the alleged attacker, Henderson, could not own, carry, or possess a firearm because of a 1996 conviction of battery and a 1997 conviction of a handgun violation. What? Wait, so, so just to, just to recap, okay? So a man who is an, who is a forbidden person, right, from possessing a weapon, has a weapon. Legally, legally, bar, legally barred from possessing a firearm. Has a weapon. Uses and it. This guy uses it to assault a person. Yes, and this guy then responds without using his own firearm, right, to disarm the attacker and to disarm and subdue the attacker until police arrived. And when and police he... arrived, when police arrived, they arrested the rescuer. The rescuer and not the attacker. No, they arrested the attacker also. Right, but they they charged the rescuer okay. with they they arrested crime. They arrested the attacker for the attack, but said that they could not find the firearm that he carried. What a waste! But they arrested the rescuer because he volunteered. That he was carrying a concealed firearm. That he so that he had, all, a, that he had a, permitted to carry in his neighboring state where he's Virginia, from, Virginia. and was trained to carry by the United States Marine Corps. First of all, stop telling cops that you have a gun. <laughs> that dude, that dude shot more in a year than most of these cops have in their entire career. Stop telling them that you are carrying. From experience, I assure yeah. you, if you never mention that you have a gun on you, they will never fucking know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Number one. Number two. This is symptomatic, right? Mm -hmm. This is demonstrative of the direction that this country is going. Independent citizens who are armed who are not victims going, help me, state, help me. Mm -hmm. They are seen as the dangerous ones. Why? Because it means if they can defend themselves, it means I don't know why it that they are capable. <laughs> why are there two of you again? Okay. Then. It did that to me three weeks ago last time. Remember I was on it. <laughs> Like my internet browser just dropped me. And anyway. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, if if so, here's the thing, right? Is this is demonstrative of this where if you can defend yourself, they find you to be a bigger threat than the actual people who are victimizing other people. Yes. It's like the, the the burglar here in California that fell through the skylight and landed on the uh, the butcher block and and hurt his leg. He sued the homeowner and won. Right? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But this is this is how um, this works, though. This is demonstrative of the the drive to make you absolutely in or absolutely dependent mm -hmm. on the state. They do not want you to be able to go. Oh God! Somebody kicked in my door. 
I guess I'm going to have to decide <laughs> where I'm going to shoot them. Oh, I got the TikTok fuck around find out jingle playing in my head right now. Um, but uh, Collins, that's the guy that got pistol whip. He said uh, he can be heard on police police body cam footage telling officers, quote, if he hadn't helped me, that guy would have killed me. An officer responded, quote, I mean, look, the laws, the laws are the way they are in Maryland on handguns. Talk to the city council. Talk to your congressman about open carry, especially about a veteran who's got a valid concealed carry in another state. The cop literally just said, I'm, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm just doing my job. You can't blame me. Okay. I'm a fucking retard. If this guy's lawyer handles this correctly and, and can somehow apply Bruin to this and the judge yep. agrees... This is going to go a long way towards, mm-hmm. you know, CCW you know, reciprocity yes. across state lines. Yep. Yeah. And before, yeah. and before, yeah. before the leftists get a hold of this and oh my god, it's a white guy. Nope, he was black. The yep. marine yep. that saved his friend's life was black. There you go. Yeah. The number of the number of times that I have heard, I have brought up where a black person saves another black person or saves a white person with a gun and had uh hardcore lefties and anti-gun people go well clearly you know there's just some white guy with a hero complex the number of times i've had that happen is, is a lot actually getting kind of mind-blowing yeah, like it's, it's a lot it, it is so like how do you claim you're not a racist piece of shit i actually <laughs> want to know how you pretend at this point <laughs> It's a lot. It's it's yeah. I wore I wore my uh my uh all gun control is racist shirt from Mashur, right? Mm-hmm. Mashur is is the one who makes that the other day. And I got accused of being a racist for wearing that shirt out in public. And I pointed out I was like, Oh yes, it's my boy Mashur that like makes this. And you can check out his website. And the dude stood there and pulled it up and then just said, fuck you, and walked away. <laughs> as soon as he realized that it's a black dude who makes the, the fucking website. And I'm like, I are you serious right now? Yeah. Yep. Like, how racist are you people? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, to piggyback this, on the other side of the border... That's the other side of the Maryland-Virginia line. A federal judge in West Virginia has ruled that a federal ban on possessing a gun with its serial number removed is unconstitutional. The first such ruling since the U.S. Supreme Court dramatically expanded gun rights in June. (laughs) Expanded gun rights by saying that the government was violating our rights. Just let that thought trickle around just a minute. So U.S. District Judge Joseph Godwin in Charleston on Wednesday found that the law was not consistent with the United States, quote, historical tradition of firearm regulation. That's the new standard laid out by the Supreme Court in its landmark ruling. They're referring to Bruin. The decision came in criminal case charging a man, Randy Price, with illegally possessing a gun with the serial number removed that was found in his car. The judge dismissed that charge, though Price is still charged with illegally possessing a gun after being found 
convicted with previous felonies. Price's lawyer, Lex Coleman, called the decision, quote, thoughtful, measured, and accurate. A spokesman for the office of the U.S. Attorney, William Thompson in Charleston, which is prosecuting the case, said his office was, quote, reviewing the ruling and assessing options. The federal right, law which enforcement- means that the court determined it wasn't a crime and they're trying to figure out a way to make it a crime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, federal law in question prohibits anyone from transporting a gun with the serial number removed across state lines or from possessing such a gun if it has never or if it has ever been transported across state lines. Serial numbers first required by the Federal Gun Control Act of 1968, fuck that law, uh, are intended to prevent illegal gun sales and make it easier to solve crimes by allowing individual guns to be traced. Yeah, that's just, that's just retarded. Yeah, because suddenly yeah. going, but you can't do that is definitely going to make people stop you know, well, I mean, the, 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 the GCA of 1968 yeah. putting serial numbers on firearms like that's totally stopped murder. Like we haven't had a murder since with firearm at all. It's amazing. None. Yeah. I mean, not a single Zero. murder in the, in the United States with a gun. Like, just, and, and, and like no, no unsolved murders by firearms at all. None. Yeah. Zero. And, like, every, you know, and, every single firearm murder in the United States is solved because because know, of serial numbers. You know, the beautiful thing is, is that uh, the the determining the rifling and being able to tie that to a specific firearm is so accurate that the majority <laughs> of gun crime oh wait oh wait that's right less than 35 percent of the time is that accurate mm-hmm. and in fact it's virtually inadmissible in court oops yes, yes. um let's see price argued that price CSI said said uh, Price argued that the law is unconstitutional in light of the Supreme Court's June 24th ruling in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. The ruling held that under the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the government cannot restrict the right to possess firearms unless that restriction is consistent with historical tradition. Bruin said serial numbers were not required when the Second Amendment was adopted in 1791 and were not widely used until 1968 putting them outside that tradition. Which is completely true. The majority of guns, if you find guns... Not going to lie, I I, I have a semi right now. (laughs) Over that. If you find find a gun, like if you're a historical firearms collector, you find guns from the 1940s, 1930s, sometimes you'll find guns that are mass-produced that don't even have the name of the company that made them on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they have nothing. Yeah, about them. like what is it like like half the old Browning high powers don't. Yeah, oh. they don't. Browning high powers actually. Well, you can't see it in the camera view yeah. here, but it's up over there. I got the Browning high power. Oh, I guess you can kind of see it right there. This is the Browning high power. <laughs> Dave, Dave says, "God bless that judge. Mm-hmm. He lives in West Virginia, bro. He's already blessed." Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> he's already living in West Virginia, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yes. He's in he's in West Virginia. It's directly behind Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> dude, if you're in Wisconsin, trust me, it's directly behind Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, like the thing is, is that you know that there. What does a serial number do? 
it doesn't do anything but provide the ability for government to dis to determine where a gun is going it has nothing to do with safety it has nothing to do with preventing crime it has nothing to do with any of that it's all about determining who has a gun and who doesn't that's why you have serial numbers on guns yes and that's why it's a felony to remove an existing serial number from a gun and why it's a felony to transfer a gun that does not have a serial number mm-hmm. including guns that are made yeah it's all about it's all about you know tracking it's all about tracking what the fuck mm-hmm. is your dog doing josh what dog what do you, was that is that a cat something what? man they stopped it now yeah, something's making a hell of a lot of fucking noise. Over yeah, there. I I have the noise canceling on, so I can't hear shit. <laughs> oh, it sounds like uh, like the the dog just digging into a bull. No, oh. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter. Right, anyway, I interrupted Andrew. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Rant away. Anyway, the whole purpose of serial numbers has nothing to do with safety or anything else the advent of serial numbers has nothing to do with with safety or anything else it's always been about tracking the firearms right like serial numbers start so that manufacturers mm-hmm. can keep track of batches and where guns are supposed to go and what contracts <laughs> six, they belong six, three, to yeah like so that they know like oh this batch of mausers is supposed to go to turkey this batch of Mausers is supposed to go to Argentina. This, this batch, batch of, pist- of Mausers is supposed to go wherever. This batch right. of pistols fires when you drop it. Yeah, this batch of pistols <laughs> fires when you drop it. Um, Looking at you, Sig. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the, the Colt SAA also did that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Colt and Ruger have both been sued multiple times over them not having some sort of safety, which is hilarious because both of their gun designs predate the invention of safeties. Yeah. And yet they get sued over it. Like, how dare you not include a safety feature that <laughs> didn't exist until after you manufactured this weapon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um. But like the the whole thing with serial numbers is it was never intended to do anything but help people track who had what guns. That was always what it was meant to do. Yeah, not not to prevent and, crime, not to solve crimes. Yeah, it's it's about tracking who has guns. And so in '68, when the United States finally mandates those, all they're doing is mandating those for the purposes of tracking because remember the gca doesn't just mandate that the gca also has that amnesty for registering machine guns because they want to be able to track all of the machine guns that world war ii and korean veterans brought back to the united states that's what it's about it's always been about tracking it's always about who has the guns it's never been about safety which is a de facto registration hey look at that and we all know what that means 
But uh, on that note, speaking of constitutionality, we have an update from a... Did I just close the wrong window? I just did close the wrong window. Damn it, Jim. I was going to close the window I was going to segue to. Ah, okay, there it is. Most professional. Uh, can we talked about this? We talked about this case when he was arrested, or not when he was arrested, but when uh, uh, the lawsuits were first filed. Um, Hunter Hollingsworth and Terry Rainwater. If you remember them, uh, Tennessee couple. They found cameras on their property that were put there by the Wildlife Association. By the fucking twig pigs. By the twig pigs, yes. Uh, judge rules in favor of landowners in TWRA privacy case. Um, when Hunter Hollingsworth and Terry Rainwater sued the TWRA and some of its employees, they asked for money, $1 to be exact. Quote, it's not about the dollar, it's about the rights that have been restored to property owners across Tennessee. The Benton County Circuit Court ruled in the pair's favor in what many see as a win for landowners. Of course, the TWRA contended it its job just got a whole lot harder. Oh, shucks. This, this is a quote from TWRA <laughs> Director of Communication, Emily Buck. She says, quote, We do now require a search license to be able to go onto private property. It can we, be difficult, for example, to be able now. to get a search warrant a lot of times if we're dealing with a poaching or trespassing issue at night. Oh, no. We have to actually <laughs> adhere to, like, the Fourth and Fifth Amendments and things, and it's not fair. <laughs> the importance of the fact that the TWRA... Uh, now has to obtain a search warrant before entering private property, cannot be understated. Wildlife crime, the agency argued, will go up. Quote, our issues are very often very time sensitive. So if someone is hunting game illegally, they're not going to be, or they're going to be gone by the time we obtain a search warrant. So there's really nothing we can do about it at this point. There might oh. be a single deer taken without our authorization and proper blood money paid and taken yes. in the time frame that we say you can take them, oh, no. How about you yes. fucking go fuck yourself, twig pigs? I hope you die <laughs> and burn in hell. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a complex. It's a complex issue. At some level, people want the agency to be able to stop poaching and other wildlife crimes. No one fucking cares. No one but you fucking cares. Take a Hollingsworth. That's the guy, one of the guys who owned the property. Take Hollingsworth, for example. Critics argue there was a reason law enforcement was watching him. If you ask him, he'll admit he's made some mistakes after being charged with poaching violations in the past. Quote, I have made mistakes, but good people make bad decisions. Physically watching someone commit an illegal act is one thing, but installing cameras goes too far. You know how you stop poaching? Like, honestly, you know how you stop poaching? You stop people 
doing hunting oh. at, at times that cause ecological impact, native ecological impact. What you do is you educate people. You educate them. You make them understand that, hey, there's certain times where really hunting these animals is going to be a detriment to your supply of these animals, and you need to understand that. And you know what? If you educate them, I have yet to encounter the single dumbest of dumb redneck who has not been explained to Girl, like, why that's bad that goes no i shouldn't hunt deer at this time not only that but like the rocky mountain elk foundation right ducks unlimited uh bucks incorporated like they are they are some of the like most stingent wildlife protectors on the planet and they're hunters oh yeah they're all hunters yeah Ducks Unlimited, uh, mm -hmm. fucking Bucks Unlimited. The, uh, I mean, like, Rocky you know, Foundation, I'm, man. yeah, I'm, I'm part of a bunch of foundations. I know Chris, mm -hmm. he's not on tonight, but he's part of a bunch of fucking foundations. Like we, we all contribute to those for conservation because you know what? We value our wildlife. We value doing yep. this. We understand how to cultivate stuff and how to do these things. And education is the solution. If you just are like but i need to be able to punish the idiot the random one in five thousand idiots yeah who do this right. by... I mean, that's, that's the that's the whole that's the entire if it saves just one life argument and that's yeah, what the right? dnr has like... been doing for generations mm -hmm. for generations yeah. that's been their argument and yep. they're willing to violate property rights. They're willing to violate the Fourth Amendment. They're willing to violate the Fifth. But they they will be happy to trample all over your rights at will, in the name of. But if it saves a single fucking deer, yeah, as if one deer is going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, the attorney argues that the law enforcement can't enter without a search warrant. So why should this be any different? Uh, the attorney is uh, Josh Windham. He does. He works for the Institute of Justice, right? So the I, the IJ is just fantastic all over this kind of stuff. But quote: People can commit all sorts of crimes with their property. For example, in your house, you can commit, commit cyber crimes. You can deal drugs. Nobody thinks that just because it would be easier if police go into your house whenever they want, all of a sudden that they should be able to do it to do that whenever they choose. Exactly. The Tennessee Constitution was designed so that law enforcement has to, or law enforcement have to go through certain procedures to do their jobs. We don't live in a country. We don't live in a country and we don't live in a state in Tennessee where police just get to do whatever they want because it's efficient or it would make their lives easier. Oh, I want to address. I want to address this latest comment from Jack about the DNR stocking fish. Mm -hmm. I want to address this. Jack, let me tell you a story. Okay? Most most of those are privately owned and privately run. Oh, no, no. This is far contract. more fun. Let me explain to you something. In Wisconsin, okay, which is in the Midwest of North America, right? The United States. We have an epidemic every fall. You know what that epidemic is? It's Asian beetles. Yes. Why do we have that epidemic, you may ask? Well... Because farmers started raising a bunch of soybeans. And what happened? The DNR decided it was a genius idea to bring in Asian beetles to eliminate 
all of the aphids, the native species that were feeding on the soybeans. Unfortunately, they are so aggressive and nasty and have no natural predators here in North America, they have almost made the ladybug extinct, which is native. Yeah. So in response, they brought in another beetle that feeds on those beetles. Except those are starting to kill a bunch of plants. So they brought in plants that are resistant and poisonous to them to try and stop that. Except you know what they did when they brought that in? It turns out there's a worm in the soil that they brought in. Again, DNR, this is all DNR. This is not private people, DNR. There's a worm, an Asian jumping worm. If you've never had an earthworm fly at your face, you don't understand how unsettling that can be. <laughs> and they not only... We have, we have flying cockroaches, no, bro. <laughs> not only do they do that, but when they eat the dirt... The shit that comes out the back end is Asian, right? So it <laughs> makes it much more beneficial to Asian invasive species. So what's yep. been happening for the past 20 years is the Wisconsin DNR has just steadily been trying to terraform <laughs> Wisconsin into Southeast fucking Asia. <laughs> Fucking norks, bro. <laughs> and they keep just stacking on top of oh, every yeah. one of their previous failures with yet another failure. This is <laughs> this is the DNR in a nutshell, right here. This is the twig pigs in a nutshell. This is how awful government can actually be. You know why? You know, because it's it's because it's run by bureaucrats and not biologists. Yeah. And it's run by not just bureaucrats, but it's run by people who think the law is the law. That's why we have so many bad wildfires here in California for the same reason. Yep. Yep. And you know who actually understands conservation? The hunters. The yes. farmers. The people the who actually the use the land. The loggers. The yeah. people who the use fishers. the land and depend on it. They yes. actually understand ecology. And if you teach them more ecology, they do things more intelligently and more <laughs> ecologically soundly. Okay. Okay. So, what you're, so what, what you're getting at, what you're getting at is, is that government is not very efficient. I don't think I need to say that. <laughs> I think if you're watching the show, you're already aware, but very much implied. <laughs> yes. So totally unrelated segue. How six hundred billion was stolen from the American people? <laughs> COVID fraud. What a shock! Is at the no. point. Is at this point a redundant phrase? Congress approved more than five trillion for COVID relief, but almost six hundred billion was lost to fraud. How many people? Right? Twelve. Twelve percent how many people do we i think almost all of us know somebody who is a small business owner yes who tried to get help from covid funds who got nothing out of those shutdowns 
while these giant corporations <laughs> got hundreds of millions of dollars because they pretended to be small businesses to get these funds. Because <laughs> they had the money hold to on, do it. Um, let's see. Uh, more than $5 trillion in COVID relief, but almost $600 billion may have been lost to fraud and astonishing 12%. Washington's pandemic pratfalls are the greatest federal boondoggle of this century. <laughs> Prosecutors are having. I don't know if I go that far. I, I honestly don't know if I of this it's of this century of this century. Mm, mm, I would I would I can't argue against that of this century. There's still the F thirty five. It still exists. So yeah, I. I mean, but did that cost five trillion dollars? Ah, not five trillion, but I mean, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. At least um, the giant corporations get all this money. It does, in some way, eventually wind its way down into the economy in bits and pieces. Yeah, the F thirty five, literally none of that winds its way down, and we're talking. Well, I mean, it it, it does come down and bits and pieces as they fall off. Yeah, as they're blown up because <laughs> they, they used a bunch of Chinese microchips that all got hacked and now the helmet doesn't work, which means you can't fly the plane <laughs> and they get blown out of the fucking sky. Uh, prosecutors are having a turkey shoot, nailing COVID crooks. More than 1,500 have been indicted and almost 500 have been convicted. On September 14th, the Justice Department announced the creation of three COVID-19 fraud strike force teams. No word if they're going to be armed or not. <laughs> Policymakers acted as if waiving standard federal fraud prosecutions would somehow thwart the COVID virus. On September 22nd, the Labor Department uh, Inspector General estimated that COVID-19 unemployment fraud amounted to $45 billion and could exceed $163 billion. Quote, overseas organized crime groups flooded state unemployment systems with bogus online claims. Overwhelming antiquated computer software benefits and blunt force attacks that siphoned off millions of dollars. Prison inmates, drug gangs, and Nigerian <laughs> racketeers easily plundered the program. Once, once when they collected unemployment benefits from 29 different states. In the first year of the pandemic, Maryland detected more than 1.3 million fraudulent unemployment claims, equal to 20% of the state's population. <laughs> Government efficiency at its finest. Twenty percent of just one state. Of a thing, twenty. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Hold, hold your breath for just a second. <sighs> CBS News found that PPP—that's Payment Protection Program—PPP loans have gone to more than a thousand quote ghost businesses. In Markham, Illinois, indicative of a nationwide problem of, of diluting non-existent companies with federal cash. The feds gave, quote, loans to 342 people who said their name was N slash A. 
Not applicable. 342 people got loans from the feds who said their name was N slash A. Why couldn't we get in on that shit? <laughs> get, get some you of our know, tax theft back. <laughs> you know, the thing that drives me nuts is like part of the reason I lost my last job. Right, was because of COVID. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that part. That's part of the reason that should happen. <laughs> Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? I could have just gone. Oh, I need a small business loan that I may or may not pay back. And you're the government, so if I don't, eh, whatever. Yeah. Which not what is, even what is telling your, you my name. What is your name? N slash A. One word. One word. Slash A. A. That's like going back in time and just signing an X. Yes. Your federal government gave out PPP loans to 342 people named N slash A. I did not know it was that common of a name. How easy? If I had known had it was know, that fucking shit. easy, do you know <laughs> what I would have applied for? Do you have any idea how much money I would have asked the government for? Oh my goodness! I'd already be on a ranch in fucking Montana right now had I known it was that fucking easy. Dude, I'd have a compound built in Montana with like a, st- a five-pointed star fort with another five-pointed star fort. Star fort. Stacked on top of it with a wall <laughs> around that. You'd have a fort on, within your On top fort of an abandoned fort. ICBM uh, fucking bunker. <laughs> the amount of defenses I would currently have, there'd be at least 15 Bofors on corners. <laughs> like, the amount of shit I could do with the amount of money that they handed out, like, it would be amazing. Well, I mean, I call uh, it Rebel Ridge. I still five cool. five tri- five trillion dollars is what that was what Congress handed out. Six hundred billion, twelve percent, twelve percent was lost to fraud. We would just need one percent. <laughs> just just one percent of the five trillion dollars. One percent of five trillion dollars would take care of us building Rebel Ridge real fucking easy. Yes. Like that's a hell of a fucking budget to build yes. that. <laughs> Claymore goats attack. <laughs> oh no, no, no. We're we're building we're we're gonna strap on GPS systems with controls. <laughs> To like cub cadets, and Strav just what's the, uh, the the they have the uh, the Roomba version of a lawnmower now too. Yes, yep, yes, yep. they do. Uh, they are super cool. Off road Roomba, um, Roomba. <laughs> Roomba, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, just like like three 105s strapped to the front of it, and just let that fucker go, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Especially just... if they're armor-piercing, because even if they detonate them from distance, they're still firing their direction. It's still yeah. going to work. <sighs> Andrew's going to get us Brandenburg. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, it's not like I went like, hey, guys, I have an idea. <laughs> Calm down, Chris. Calm down, Chris. Uh, 
But uh, uh, Dave mentioned inmates, so I have to bring up this one now, too. North Carolina dad spent 24 hours in jail for refusing to wear a mask in front of a judge. Hold on. Hold on. <sighs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This, this, this is, hold on. A North Carolina father spent 24 hours in jail for refusing to ma- wear a mask as ordered by the judge, despite no state or county mandate in place. Gregory Hahn, 47, a U.S. Navy veteran, was among several of 98 jury duty candidates called to Harnett County Court who showed up wearing it, showed up not wearing a mask because there's no such rules or warnings in place. Despite the fact that masks aren't required in the building, Judge Winston Charles Gilchrist mandated that everyone in the court wear a mask. When Han refused, the judge warned him that he would be held in contempt of court and could spend a month in jail, but the man refused to back down. Quote, I said, I'm not going to wear a mask. And he goes, 24 hours in Harnart Court. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the kicker. Harnett County Clerk of Superior Harnett County Court of Superior Court Renee Wellington noted that Glitters is the only Superior Court judge in the county with a mask mandate. Quote, you can go into any district courtroom without a mask. You can come into the Superior Court without a mask. You can go into the district attorney's office without a mask. But Judge Garhart has a mandate that you must wear a mask. Despite the judge's orders, Han said there was never a notice given in the jury summons he received. Nor were there any signs at the courthouse. Quote, the irony of all this is that the judge was talking to me without a mask. If safely, if safety was such a concern, I go to jail, no mask requirements with inmates. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about a mask. It's about compliance. And just like every... Yep fucking judge in all of the American court system they give no fucks he was thrown in jail for 24 hours because a judge said put on this mask the maskless judge the maskless judge said put on a mask Uh, he said no and he was sent to county jail where he is not required to wear a mask my attorney has strongly advised me to not answer the question <laughs> to to know to have no further comment on this issue i have no further comment <laughs> yeah. on this issue yes i thought that was just hilarious what i will say is that fuck you know this should demonstrate pretty clearly what it's really about yes the judge the judge was not wearing a mask the judge was not wearing a mask but ordered a mask not as i do so it's not about the mask because it's not about the mask it's about you complying to what he what the massa say this day boy i am the judge this is my courtroom (laughs) that's what it's about and every fucking judge you will ever encounter ever in the American justice system yeah. is the same fucking way. This guy has this, but every fucking judge is the same fucking way. It's not about justice. It's not about 
whether or not things are right or wrong. It's about your compliance with his and the state's edicts, regardless of their morality, regardless of their rightness. It doesn't matter. It's about complying with what the state has demanded. Yeah, she says, uh, Han says, I never thought it could happen in this country. Uh, And then he uh, lamented that none of the 97 jurors joined him in standing up to the judge. Of course not, because they're terrified of his title. They're terrified of the fact that he's part of government. Mm -hmm. And they attribute some bizarre form of morality and authority because of their title. Even though that isn't what that means. That they don't they don't have morality. They don't have authority. They only have as much authority as you give them. And if you flat yep. out fucking refuse to give them authority, what power do they fucking have? Yep. Gilcrest, a Democrat, is a judge for North Carolina's third superior court division, having first run for office in 2012, winning 25 or 65 percent of the vote. Uh, the University of North Carolina graduate ran unopposed for re-election in 2020, according to Ballotpedia, and is set to remain in his position until 2028. I mean, I bet the next election we could probably uh, find something to oppose him. <laughs> Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969. In Minecraft, in Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft. And say what to oppose him. I was just... <laughs> I was just making sure that my weapon was clear. <laughs> Grab the D20 and roll for initiative. It was it was unrelated. <laughs> yes. To my <laughs> Scott says, I could tell stories about the judges in my hometown. I'll just say that the DA got busted uh, for flying Coca-Cola in from South America. Okay. I won't. I, I I don't want to know if Coca Cola is a uh, code name for something. It's not a very no. veiled code name. Yeah. So, but on this, you want to talk about uh, secession? I love talking about secession. You want to talk about Greater oh, uh, Greater Idaho again? Greater Idaho, the Republic of the Northwoods that I still would love to found, and one day Jefferson, Sarah Jefferson, right there. Yeah, stay Jefferson. Two X's. Two X's because they've been fucked over by Sacramento and fucked over by Portland. But uh this is uh uh this is a CBS news article on Mainstream what? Yes. Yes, mainstream. Uh and it said it's called it's called Over the Line. Why some Oregonians want to become a part of Idaho. Uh, Mike, I would Mike, imagine the majority, in fact, of the landmass of Oregon 60, does not want to be part of Oregon. 63%. 63% of the landmass of Oregon uh, would leave if the greater Idaho uh, plan goes through completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McCarter knows his American history almost as well as he knows his Bible. His family has lived and worshipped in Oregon for four generations. Quote, the only time I lived outside of the state was during the Vietnam War when I was in the military. 
But his Oregon may not be the Oregon you're thinking of. The one with the misty, rugged coastline, <laughs> wineries, and is loyal to blue politics. Ugh. Yes. Quote, it's almost like the Grand Canyon goes right along the Cascade Range. It's a big divide. What he means... The, the Oregon you're thinking of is not the Oregon that puts live, laugh, love on their walls. Yes. <laughs> what that means politically, he says, is that the blue part of Western Oregon always outweighs the eastern part's red. Quote, in talking to a legislator over in the Portland area, I said, the legislator doesn't listen to our people, our representatives over there. He said, whoa, 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 stop, Mike. We hear what they're saying. We just outvote you. Take deep breath. At least you're honest. Yes. Like, I will hand it to those. That was honest. Mm -hmm. uh, so, McCarter decided to look for greener pastures, or in this case, at least one's a little more red. He's leading a movement called Move Oregon's Border, which seeks to push the blue bits into a smaller but still populous state of Oregon and then taking the rural red bits and making them part of a bigger Idaho. How much land are we talking about, roughly? Quote, about 63% of Oregon's land, McCarter says. A big chunk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is the actual value-producing part of it. Um, A lot of it. Not all of Not. I wouldn't even say the majority of it, but it's like, uh, like the Willamette Valley. Let's be honest. The Willamette Valley is the heart of Oregon. And that goes up through I-5, which is technically Western Oregon. So, like, everything everything east of Willamette Valley is what would leave. Right. But, I mean, what what west of that does they do they produce? Like, they produce, okay, they um, produce artwork. Yay. Football players and... Football players. And cannabis. Yay. Um, and that's where the Goonie House is. So what oh, you're and, telling and, me and, and, is and Antifa, that and Antifa. with the exception of cannabis crops, which can easily be produced west of that line mm -hmm. in spades, mm -hmm. just fine, yes. there is line. nothing, nothing west of that line that is actually being produced of any real discernible value. Well, no, not... No. Not really, not really. Like every, everything, everything they have a uh, a lot of produce in the Willamette Valley, uh, and everything is is along I five. Like if if I five didn't exist, then a lot of this, a lot of that stuff wouldn't exist. But you go up to, up through I five, um, you know, from uh, um, Medford all the way up to Portland, and there's 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 a lot of crop. There's a lot of like blueberries and stuff that are, that are are there, and then they got the coast right. So there's fisheries. Uh, there is some logging on on the coastal range. Um, so it, it's an, it's enough to stand on its own. But. Maybe, but they wouldn't they wouldn't exploit that. They wouldn't exploit the logging. They wouldn't exploit no. anything that's of real value. The thing is, is that like what what this debate is within the Pacific Northwest, right? Between mm -hmm. Oregon, Washington, Eastern and Oregon, Northern. Washington, yep. and yeah, and west the the West Coast yes. of those states. 
what this debate amounts to is real people who do real things and produce real things that are valuable mm-hmm. and artists and well it, uh, it's, it's a little more than that yeah. yeah intellectual but i mean there's like realistically if you cut that out of your country if you slice that out mm-hmm. what the west coast of the pacific northwest does if you cut that out there is nothing nothing that they do that can economically be justified to offset what you what they, do. What they would lose? No. Right. Especially yeah. because of the policies that keep getting ranted about in that Western section's mm-hmm. politics. Yeah. All the, 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 the gun control, the liberal policies, uh, the, the wokeness, everything like that. That's, that's all in the Western half of the state. Right, Western Washington, Western Oregon, uh, here in California, it's the same thing. You know, it's 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 on the extreme west coast of California. Uh, it's also the, yep. the the urban populations, um, Northern California, like the five three zero area code. They don't give a shit about that stuff. Like there's 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 no there was hardly any mask mandates. Um, cities and counties up there openly revolted. Right, right, right wing militia literally took over Shasta County, here in California. Right, and that's and that's the that's the same mentality that they have in Eastern Oregon, Eastern Washington. And what what needs to be said is that you need to remember, if you were in those positions, if you were in those places, uh-huh. they need you dramatically more yes. than you need them. They need you yeah. so much more. And this yes. is the thing. This is why they won't let these places go. Right. This is mm-hmm. why this can't happen. Is because their socialist obscene fucking policies. They're let's let everybody get participation trophies, economic bullshit depends mm-hmm. on people who yep. are striving for more than participation trophies. It depends yes. on people who are actually fucking producing. And if they lose the actual producers who are everybody who doesn't want the western part of the states yep. involved yeah um sadie gilson owns sadie gilson who owns a real estate business in a rural john day oregon which is closer to boise than it is to portland in virtually every way uh she says quote quote when you have a government that won't listen to the opposition or won't take into the account those of us who live out here that we have no government representation is it a political difference? Is it a cultural difference? It's all of the above. They won't hear our concerns. They don't understand our lifestyle. She's been going door to door in support of the Greater Idaho Movement and says she's found fertile ground. Of the eleven counties that have put it on the put it to a vote, nine of them have endorsed it, and it's on the ballot in two more counties this November. Some who voted against it worry that it could be that it could quote discourage political discourse. It might even set a dangerous precedent for other states. Others, though, say moving the state's borders seem almost logically impossible. So, really, what's the point? Um, uh, she goes on to say, "Are you optimistic? Are are we optimistic that we have a chance? 
Uh, I look at it like the American Revolution was a big hurdle to make, and they still did it. Uh, Richard Crittner, author of the book Break It Up, Secession Division, and the Secret History of America's Imperfect Union, says it's hardly a new idea. Quote, I don't think we should act like state lines are written in stone. We should look at them and say, does this actually make sense? Secession has always been there. Catholics lived in Maryland. Uh, Depters lived in Georgia. Puritans lived in New England. They were kind of separated to begin with, and that's why they wanted nothing to, to do with one another. He says it's really, it's, it's really woven into our DNA. There's nothing sacred about Oregon. There's nothing sacred about Delaware or my native New Jersey, in my opinion. You know, these are just kind of inherited forms. Exactly. They're arbitrary bullshit. Borders are arbitrary bullshit. Your your political divides are arbitrary bullshit. Yes. Um, Self-described libertarian Derek Williams moved his family to Idaho from the suburbs of Portland. Quote, when you feel like you don't have a voice, you make a decision. It was extremely difficult to leave family and friends. A lot of tears were shed. Uh, in the town of Eagle, Idaho, he said he found other political refugees, a conservative majority, and no discontent or disconnected anymore. Quote, you come here and you're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea it could be this way. And you feel accepted and you are appreciated for who you are. Uh, that bar that I showed you guys the, the link to, that's in mm -hmm. Elk City, Idaho. The gas station there in Elk City, Idaho is run by this lady named Judy uh, and her husband and kids. They moved from Bend, Oregon in early 2020. And that's what that's what she said, the exact same sort of thing. Like she had to escape the blue. They had to escape the lockdowns. They had to escape um, all the policies that they were absolutely against. So they, they moved to Elk City, Idaho. Bought, they bought the gas station, moved to Elk City, Idaho. And uh, she said it's, it's night and day. It's absolute night and day. Mm -hmm. No. Yep. Wisconsin is definitely prettier than the PNW. No, I don't know, man. It is. Right. Where's Bigfoot? Where's Bigfoot I've been both. Where does Bigfoot both places? Where does Bigfoot choose to live, bro? Exactly. You know why Bigfoot doesn't come to Wisconsin is because most of us would shoot him and try and figure out <laughs> how to smoke him with cheese curds. <laughs> That's why. Because we're far more fully armed. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarter knows the concept of majority rule can certainly be messy. Uh, what he's worried about is uh, when he says it, it teeters on tyranny. That's when something has to be done. And the best people to decide just how he says are the volunteers themselves. Quote, we are, stand, we are sending the same message to Oregon's leadership that you've got a problem in the eastern Oregon. If we get done with this and it doesn't come about in the way we want, at least we did it the right way. So we're proud of that. So, yeah, no, no, not a whole lot more to the article, but um, the idea is out there. You know, like we, we talked about the state of Jefferson. We talked about we talked about greater Idaho before. We talked about mm -hmm. not being represented, not feeling represented, not feeling heard by the state capitals in Sacramento and Portland and Seattle. Um, and in Chicago, in New York City, and uh, in Atlanta, 
Like these places, these places, they like the urban population is just so big, so populous that all the politicians are there, all the power is there, and they're just like they make you know economic and political prisoners of everyone else. So, and that's that's what that's what these these people you know they didn't say it in that in that term, but um, that's what these people are are saying. Like they're not heard, they're not represented, in, they don't feel like they belong in the state anymore. They want to. They want to well, yeah, be. It's... Where they want to be. Um, uh, um, strategic relocation, right? They want to. They want to. They want to yeah. live where they feel safe. It. It. it you know. It, it's the same thing as as here in Wisconsin. Like, we have to deal with Madison, that is called yep. Madtown for a reason. Mm-hmm. Where it. It's insane. Nobody agrees with it. We have to deal with. Milwaukee and Fond du Lac and like the the eastern side of the state that's far more populous than the rest of the area but the reality is they're all concentrated together and they're I mean Milwaukee is Chicago light mm-hmm. right and we don't want anything to do with them the majority of the state doesn't want anything to do with them but we're stuck. We're saddled to all of that bullshit. Yep. The Illinois, you know, has Chicago, and the rest of Illinois really has nothing to do with Chicago. No, and the rest. There was a state senator a few years ago that submitted a bill in Illinois to evict Chicago from the state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not for not for like southern southern illinois to, to secede or nothing like that. like he literally wanted to kick chicago out of the state yeah so monkey what's up brother hey if we, if we, Mon- monkey if we move to montana and build a fort will you come be our doctor come be our our, our combat medic <laughs> he will in in minnesota right minnesota has the twin cities right minneapolis mm-hmm. st paul and those massive things. But the rest of Minnesota has nothing to do with the, except Rochester, maybe. Um, so it's like Minneapolis, St. Paul, Rochester. They the, the rest of the state has nothing to do with those cities. They, they culturally are completely different than those cities and want nothing to do with them. But why does the state want to hold on to them? Well, it wants to hold on to them because they are the places that actually produce things. Mm-hmm. They are the places that produce actual, like, they produce food. They produce uh, equipment. They produce <laughs> all of these things Tax that they actually need. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not, only tax, not only tax cattle, but they hold on to these places. Uh, for the population numbers, because the greater the population, the more money you get from the feds. Right. And so the cities don't want to let go mm-hmm. of these rural populations. And you see this in state after state after state, right? Where big cities kind of hold the rest of the state hostage. Mm hmm. And they don't agree with them. They aren't part of what the rest of the state wants. They they nope. don't um, care. Uh, Colorado, North North Colorado, uh, they did that a couple of years ago. Three or four different 
counties in Colorado voted to secede and join Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, but they voted. Well, yeah, because Colorado, like I remember about 20 years ago, Colorado was still very much like a bastion of freedom. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was very free. And then all these people from California started moving there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Colorado started shifting blue. It all of a sudden started shifting yep. left. All of a sudden, gun laws started happening that Colorado had never had before. All magazine, of a sudden, all magazine, things, lim- magazine capacity limits. Yeah. And it's only sudden, Denver and Boulder for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Denver, yeah Denver, and Boulder. Two cities. It's because of the big cities in Colorado that were absorbing the California refugees who <sighs> wanted to drag the bullshit from California with them. Yep. <laughs> Utah. Utah has seen the same thing over the years. You know, and this keeps happening. And the reality is that, you know, and I, and I keep telling people, like, national divorce is how you move towards freedom, right? You separate all of the states first. Yep. I didn't wear that one only because I have my fuck you, it's my birthday <laughs> patch on. I didn't um, wear it because I, I got the state of Jefferson one on. But you, you know, you got to understand that, like, you, you start with the states, right? You divorce states from a federal government. And then once you have states, you divorce counties from the state government. And then you worry about divorcing cities from county governments. And then you take it down to the individual neighborhoods and the individuals. And once you do that, you have achieved true freedom. And you've done it over time where people understand the ideas of independence. You can't do it all at once because if you do it all at once... You get uh, Somalia. And, you know, Somalia isn't exactly a bastion of idealism. And, you know, you need to work your way that direction (laughs) so that people over time start to understand that they can be free, (laughs) that they can determine themselves. They can make their own decisions and move forward from that. Yeah, I mean, freedom. Freedom requires responsibility, and they don't want to be responsible. Yep. Yeah, people hate being responsible, and people, people, <laughs> people that flee from California to Colorado and try to bring California politics with them, fuck you, the hardest. Yeah, fuck the <laughs> yeah. people who come, like the people from California who leave to come to conservative. <laughs> like, like, like they the, moved to Boise. Like, like, like Boise. In the last two years, Boise has has had the highest population increase coming from California, and now they're voting blue in in, in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you with a with a glowing red rod. Yeah, I see. I see California right. license plates here in the state. And I'm like, fuck you, like a like I was a native <laughs> or something. <laughs> Get the fuck out. We have enough of you. (laughs) Oh, in Wisconsin, like if you're in, if you have a California license plate and you're in Wisconsin, we will intention, like we're incredibly nice, right? Like the Northern Midwest, we have a reputation for being nice to a level where people start to question our motives. Mm -hmm. 
And bless your heart. If you have a California license plate, we will cut you off in oh, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> we will try and do everything we can to make your life fucking miserable because we don't want you ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave that one up. I'm just gonna leave that one on the screen. <laughs> Physically remove California. <laughs> oh, I need to get that. As like a if I sticker. went on a campaign, if I went on a campaign of ethnic cleansing in <laughs> Wisconsin against Californians, there would be a you resolution. Would, you would have you would have a lot of a lot of support. There would be a resolution in the state senate to support me. <laughs> I'm just gonna point out. No Andrew, one, Andrew no blows, one Andrew blows the horn, <laughs> and all of a sudden, coming out of the woods is all these guys in full camo, hunting gear with deer rifles and shotguns. It'd be, it'd be like whacking day on The Simpsons, just with Californians <laughs> as the snakes. <laughs> yeah, all the Wisconsin's out there with fucking sticks, whack, whack, whack. <laughs> Oh, sticks. Do you know the number of rifles present in Wisconsin? Like, it is ridiculous. We have Wisconsin version have, of the purge. The Saint, the Northern, Saint, Andrew, Saint Andrew playing his float. Saint Andrew's Day removed the Californians from Wisconsin. Well, there's already Saint Andrew's Day. But anyway, that. It, <laughs> The, the northern part of the state is a pine sea. It's one of the largest mm -hmm. pine seas in North America. It is gigantic. If I want to make Californians disappear, I have hundreds <laughs> of thousands of acres oh, so to make them just quietly disappear into. Tell them to put on their nice watch to go to Detroit. Dude, we have, I have watched, right? Like, cause I camp in the north part of the state. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of where I go on vacation and relax. And there are people that I have encountered there who are shocked that they see things like elk, moose, <laughs> wolf. Did I, did I ever tell you about the first time I, I encountered an elk? I don't think I've heard this. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell the story because we got time. So you know I, I'm from the Bay Area, right? I, I've I've never lived anywhere else besides the Bay Area at this point. 18 years, uh, Antioch at the time was like 135,000 people or something like that. Um, the county was just at a million people. So I, I had I had never been anywhere except the Bay Area. So I left here right after I turned 18. Joined the California Conservation Corps, right? Based on the old CCC, uh, Civilian Conservation Corps, and Natural Resources Program, and it forces you to go to school and, and do all this other stuff. So I go up there, and it's like it's 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 just, it's a different world. I went from here to Del Norte County, which is the northwestmost county in California. Uh, the place I stayed, Klamath, was at the mouth of the Klamath River, uh, like. 800, 800 year old redwoods, 200 feet tall redwoods on, on, at my back, the Pacific ocean to my front, All right? Green everywhere. Ferns, uh, trees were taller than any of the buildings I had ever been to. Right. All I can so, think of is how wet that was. Oh, it was fantastic. It was so it was, moist. It was absolutely fantastic. So <laughs> we're going, we're going to work. Uh, and we, we drove down to uh, Prairie Creek Redwood state park. 
to build the skunk cabbage trail. So we, we, we make the turn and we, we come into this little area and I had seen elk before, uh, but I, I had never heard them bugle. I had seen them like uh, driving by on the freeway and I had seen them in the park before. So we, we come around and it's foggy. It's really foggy. Oh. I mean, it's, it's right there. I'm, I'm less than a, I'm less than a thousand yards off the ocean. We come around the corner and we were like slowly creeping through the fog and I hear one bugle and I don't know it's an elk. I just hear like a scream off in the distance, maybe 200 yards away. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I freeze. I'm, I'm bugging out. What the fuck is that? This other dude, Jeremy Brown, he was from San Bernardino. Um, he was sitting in front of me and you see him. He locks the door. <laughs> <laughs> he reaches over and hits the lock, locks the door and just fucking bug out because we had no idea what this is. And then there's another one, probably five or six yards from us that we can't see in the fog. And it was so loud that I almost pissed my pants. I absolutely almost pissed my pants. And then it walks by the truck and you can see what it is. Yes. Yes. Boring sandwich. It was a, it was a Wendigo. (laughs) (laughs) But so the, so the first time I heard an elk bugle, I almost pissed my pants because it was only five yards away from me uh, bugling. I had no idea what a bugle was or what it meant. I just heard it the, the elk scream five yards from me in the fog that I can't see it. Yeah. That's what that is. That's the it sound. Food. Food. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a Wendigo. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's the sound of food, man. Like well, I know I now. Mean, you know, yeah, but I mean, like, it's that's the thing, right? Like, like <laughs> that we talk about about how different, how different, different parts of the world. Come on, Brad, you can't be saying that. You because uh, I have to repeat that now. When does it? No, no, you don't. <laughs> All right, what the so so let me put it in perspective for a minute. Okay, my girlfriend is Ojibwa, right? So the whole Wendigo thing, that whole thing is from them, right? The Anishinaabe. It's is entirely from them. And they will eat you. <laughs> Isn't that part of the allure? <laughs> like like cut you into pieces as you scream and then chew on your corpse. Eat you. Not the fun way. um but like like that's but that's the difference right like that that's the difference between the sections of our of the united states and why like culture is so different like where i've grown up and you know where i grew up was ireland for seven years but in the in in the u.s here it's been in wisconsin and living here living in in the north woods in the edge of the north woods and you know basically you know being being Lindsay, who's you know who's from a, a indian reservation in the north woods very much in the north woods you know that's the fucking St. Croix yeah. uh, uh, reservation. This is like 
what is important to people in the Northwoods, people who actually have to survive in a realm with huge, you know, a pine sea, hundreds yeah, it's, of it's, miles it's all, between it's, it's towns. It's not just like it's it's not just it's not just culture at that point. It's 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 everything. Everything. everything everything is different like we're we're the same species but like you're a different breed you're you're absolutely a different breed than me right it's it and that's the thing is like what exists there right like the the ideas that exist there and what's important mm -hmm. to people who have to worry daily about you know possibly running a moose down um worrying about uh <laughs> like uh, I, I i have to i have to worry about tweakers climbing to my window Right, and how like, different you know, is that? You know, how, you know how much I would enjoy having to worry about moose or bears? I mean, they're intimidating. I'm just going to say, like, moose are so much taller than you yeah, think. Yeah, I know. I, um, I've, I've seen them. They're, they're big. No. Uh, elk, elk aren't small critters either. No, they're also not. <laughs> um, that, but moose, elk, black bear, mm -hmm. fucking wolves, uh, coyotes. I'll take uh, I'll take those over over tweakers any day of the week. You know all these big cats and stuff like oh. this. This is stuff that that people in the majority of Wisconsin have to yeah. worry about. People in Milwaukee have not even the slightest concept of any of them, and yet the way that the political system works, mm -hmm. they get to dictate. They get to dictate how mm -hmm. policy works. The people in Milwaukee, the people in Madison. Who have never even seen these animals in person, mm -hmm. who have never had to deal with this, who don't know what cold is, who don't know what being alone mm -hmm. is. They they're the people who get to dictate the political policy to the people who no. have to survive and on uh, with without anyone dealing with wolves, dealing with no. bobcats. All right, um, that's ridiculous. Final, final, final opinion on this on the on the Greater Idaho thing, or, or on secession in general. Well, I Honestly, have a patch. I hope it goes through. It probably won't. <laughs> huh. I have still, the same patch that you showed earlier. Yeah, that's it from uh, or die. That's from uh, Spirit that Resistance. That kind of shit has to has to like be approved by Congress. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> approved to be free like we we don't approve mm. your freedom bro i'm sorry yeah there's well, just a like song. california or to to get out of a freaking um daylight savings but it has to be approved by congress yeah entire state yeah. approved it the majority of californians approved to leave it and go like arizona style but it still has to be approved by congress which is yet to even pick it up yeah so. yeah it's stupid there's there's a song by uh, um, oh what's the name of Eric July's band? I can't remember. Um, um not one band. Anyway, it's called those, individualism. Those, those rapper guys. Yeah, it's called individualism, and you should check it out. But what he mentions is taking secession down to the idea of the individual. Yep, and. The reality is that national divorce is the path path forward, and that one one idea, way or another, one way or another, is going to happen. 
Yeah, and that idea is becoming you know. so much more mainstream every day. We're seeing that every day where uh, more and more people are going, well, we just can't read on both sides, right, mm-hmm. of the mainstream political spectrum even are going, well, we'll never agree mm-hmm. and we can never truly work with you at this point. We're too separated and they will increasingly support that that idea that we need to just break away from these majority centers break away from this shit and worry about ourselves you know see to yourselves Mm -hmm. and i just hope that it it moves faster than i think it's going to because that is what i want like i want to see this small little fiefdom thing you know this little tiny bits all over and you know and if anybody decides to show up and go i'm gonna declare myself in charge of all of you will we (laughs) all still unite and go oh will you that's an interesting (laughs) story so all right all right we can still do that even if we don't agree on the rest of shit we all know that at the end of the day, we will still fight anybody who comes in here and tries no. to dictate to us. No. So, like, we, we need na- national divorce. That needs yep. to happen. Yeah. All right, you old drunken bastard. Um, throw out <laughs> some. Uh, throw out some links. Let's get out of here. Ah, read Derica's book. <coughs> it is called "Think for Yourself: uh, Thinking Workbook for Beginners." It is for beginners. It is available on Amazon, and you should check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, I will you, you, you can find the link on our link tree. Yeah, I actually, you know, I, I've already had logic classes, everything else, and uh, I got to say, I thought it was awesome. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, make sure that you, uh, if you want to care for your beard like Viking, you want to keep it hydrated, you want to keep it lovely, and maybe you want to use the three-in-one Carbon X3 beard straightener, conditioner, uh, and I think it does something else that I can't remember. Anyway, it's not important. Uh, use that, and you want to use some beautiful scents for your beard washes, your beard conditioners. You want to use some beard serums, all sorts of cool stuff. Go to thebeardstruggle.com. Use code INCANARCHIST15. You get 15% off. Also, oh, link, also link to the link tree. Make sure that you check that out. Um, I am super excited. I don't have their hat on, but Reaper Co. Also in our link tree. Reaper Apparel Company. You need to check them out. Super awesome message. Find super find awesome. him on find it on Instagram. His videos are really good. Absolutely, Instagram. Uh, yeah, his stuff is fantastic. You need to check him out. You need to buy some of their stuff. It is super cool. And uh, the shit that you buy is going to remind you that uh, the condition you're in is not forever. And uh, mm-hmm. how to change your life for the better. Take the 10-day Reaper Apparel Company Challenge and make your life better. It is super fantastic. You should do it. And I'm super, super happy of all of the companies that I'm affiliated <laughs> with I am very, very excited about being associated with that one. 
Uh, make sure that you also check out Dave at poppinspatches.com. You can also check out his Etsy store. He's uh, he's super cool. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. It's Facebook, Instagram. He's got cool patches. They're all super awesome. They're all great. They will hammer your nostalgia real hard. They are super cool. If you like tropical sharks. Uh, tropical fish. Tropical fish. Tropical fish, and you hate the government, that patch is a thing that you should check out. Um, check out Dave at Poppins Patches. Make sure you check out the Quarterings Coffee, coffee brand coffee. Also linked in our uh, link tree. Is also in our link tree. Uh, oh, we are also an affiliate, of course, of... Um, our Facebook Square? Yes. RK Spookware, and uh, if you... You should know what well, he does by this point in time. You know what he does. You know <laughs> why you need him. No, We're not no. going to say it, but <laughs> if you need it, you, you just You just might need him to physically remove Californians. Yes. Check him out. Yes. If you don't know why you need him, also check him out, and you will figure <laughs> out very quickly what he does. Uh, but use the link in the description and then or, uh, or, in our, or our link tree. Yes. And then you get a discount and you also support the page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there anybody else? That no. did, 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 you, did we mention that we have a link tree? We do. Yeah. Hey, because we haven't mentioned <laughs> it like six times. We have a link tree. <laughs> Check it out. All there. right. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else? Oh, um, happy birthday again! Yeah, you want it's us to sing birthday. for you? You want us to sing for you? I I really would rather not. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, and it's uh, once upon a time I had somebody uh, fire an artillery strike in time with "Happy Birthday to You," and nothing will ever top that. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm not Marilyn Monroe. I'm not. I'm not Marilyn Monroe jumping out of a birthday cake in a dress. So, if however there is a woman listening currently who would like to put on a bra and sing to me "Happy Birthday, Mr. President" <laughs> on video, I will absolutely then, not argue with you. And then I play Bill Clinton. That would require women actually paying attention to our show. But you know, it's that's, nice, that's, happy thoughts. That's you true. know, there are women who pay attention to our show. Most of them are women that like I'm into. So, you know, I feel like uh... <laughs> most most of what you're into feds, bro. <laughs> I'm into you know, I'm into big titty goth chicks. That that's kind of go. it's kind of yeah. where it goes. Those are those are all, those are all feds or when dingoes in disguise. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> well, either way, if you're if you're a big titty goth chick and you want that uh, wet whiskey, <laughs> uh, oh god, yes, I'm open. My <laughs> my my calendar can be negotiated. I I, mean, I I I don't have anything to top that, so we're just that's going to be the last thing people hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 